beautiful, refreshing. All right, so today um, I spent some time trying to coordinate and get someone else involved with uh, some of the the bits that we're talking about. Um, I, I don't know how related this is going to be to the the mainline solo bit that I've been doing, but um, I figured that this would be a good opportunity to try something a little different and get a fresh perspective, uh, maybe change up the, the way we do things a bit. So to that end, today we have a, uh, a long-term work colleague, I, I suppose you'd call the, the relationship, um, sort of a friend, I guess. Um, <laughs> I've known her mostly through work, uh, Will. Um, and yeah, we worked together for a bit and uh, now it's separate, uh, different companies um, in the same sort of the same sort of business area, I guess, or uh, market, um, ISPs, ma- uh, managed service provider, that kind of thing. So um, does that sum it up pretty well, Will? Or Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt a little bit sad when you said kind of friend. Um, I thought uh, we, we've shared a we've shared a few experiences together, but no, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm basically at the moment. Um, if I sum up in two minutes, just where I'm at, my experiences. I work for a uh, MSP, um, kind of hybrid with a ISP backbone as well. And we've got a variety of different services across the managed service products, and um, touching on a few IT kind of technology stacks. Um, at the moment, I am the network team leader. Um, but I also do uh, look after, uh, as a team lead function, the security and the voice side. Um, so I would kind of say a network team leader slash network manager of sorts. Um, it is a kind of, I would say, a boutique MSP slash ISP um, with company with around about 80 to 100 employees. So we're not very large, but I would say um, we definitely do have a presence in the market. Um, and yeah, so I'm sure uh, hopefully I can provide um, some more kind of talking points or provide a different kind of aspect of view on a variety of do- topics coming coming forward. And yeah, looking forward to, um, to sharing my thoughts. Cool, man. Um, so I, I wasn't really hoping to talk too much work stuff with you, um, in all honesty, but uh, it is good to still have your perspective. Um, I, I was almost hoping to touch more on some of the the competitive and gaming side of things, um, like a bit of your history with like poker and League of Legends and um, whatever the other stuff is, like TFT, for instance. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me personally, like um, if I generalize a lot of these concepts, they apply in everything. So I think. Um, a lot of approaches that I take, uh, I take the kind of similar approach if I really boil it down in a variety of different gaming areas. And I think, I guess, uh, if I can kind of say gamification of kind of working or kind of career, that kind of aspect as well. Um, but ultimately, I think all the fundamentals kind of boil, boil down to the, to the same core concepts um, for me anyway. So, yeah, um, that's, that's fine. That sounds good. Cool, man. Um, so, yeah, as I said, this is, well, I don't think I said it in the recording, but um, I hope to use this as kind of a test run, just see how things go. Maybe I did mention it. I don't know. Um, why don't we start with uh, one of one of the problems, actually, of 
of organizing this um what i uh, what's something that i would love to to talk about first is um how do, how do you think is the best way to get around the personnel availability problem or scheduling something and have the most number of participants to be available oh that's a really tough one um i guess um you would need to kind of from a man from managing resource point of view um you would need to understand i guess the kind of scheduling issues that um the individual people kind of have try to understand um if they do have a structure around their their personal scheduling what they look like and then trying to solve what kind of looks like a uh, a quadratic equation to see what the best time is we can best this um, yeah it's something that i yeah there's a lot of different issues and a lot of different yeah. topics there i think i've kind of encountered them while trying to run um kind of training sessions when we were doing yeah. league of legends so trying to organize like seven different people with some subs is is very tricky and there's a lot going on there oh absolutely and <clears throat> i think a lot of it comes down to um basically an exponential increase due to the human factor to simplify it um as as an example um when i was semi-professionally not really but still kind of um playing league of legends with a bunch of mates across the world um mostly centered in north america of course um and even then just them scheduling between east and west coast was was fucking difficult and then for me to be in new zealand and try to also work in the training schedule as well it was absolute hell yeah that's that i can only imagine i think the only really good one is just having some times posted where everyone kind of agrees this is when i am actually best suited and then try to get the most uh most overlap there but apart from that yeah tough tough times I think you're right. Like you probably aren't going to be able to favor everyone's most preferred, but you can absolutely target everyone's least unfavorable sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, yeah, just something that came to mind as, as I was sort of messaging you, um, and we were trying to work out the best time to, to do this session. I was like, hold on a minute. Like that's content. Let's, let's talk about that um and yeah especially as like a manager <laughs> right like <laughs> you have to deal with the people problem or the the people the person the human element right like people aren't perfect stuff goes wrong people have lives you know yeah for sure and there's also a different kind of uh, perspective as well that they're coming from you know from you might have various people and um you know for for this podcast or even kind of for a team scrim or something where their number one priority isn't the success of the team that's for them personally that's like number five and then you're managing someone who also is uh you know hell bent on on being number one and then you've got to try yeah. and match match those personalities and kind of perspectives together oh man absolutely like i imagine as operationally speaking right you're gonna have your priorities but person one two and three aren't going to always have operations aspect as priority number one in their their day-to-day -day lives so no that makes a lot of sense yeah but you see see everything can come back to to work there is a general kind of fundamental there that spans across even gaming work or everything really even a personal relationship with uh you know with your better half or 
author looks like, you know, everything kind of touches on the same core concepts. I mean, I I could probably look at the the occupation of hot air in my uh, my blow up doll, I guess, but uh, yeah, not not quite <laughs> the same. But yeah, but moving on. So um... <clears throat> I've had struggles um, when we had a League of Legends team, and also kind of wrapping my head around uh, managing um, the team at work is kind of that. If I expand upon that topic that I was talking about, where um, there are some people um, in League of Legends, for example, myself, who um, I had the idea that if I'm spending three hours practicing League of Legends, then I will basically use more or less as close to 100% of uh, my focus at that task at hand. But I've found that um, when there are other people kind of who aren't 100% dedicated, and that's for very good reason, um, personal issues, um, you know, uh, there's other things that they're con- concerned about. So if they're only spending about 30% of their kind of capacity, and same goes for work. You know, there are some people who just uh, autopilot eight to five. They're not really doing the best that they can. So maybe they're running at 30% capacity, which is, um, there's no right or wrong there, but trying to manage that and trying to balance kind of expectations there is is really tr- tricky, you know, especially kind of in the gaming area. We know if this guy, you know, tries harder, he can he can actually um, be much better or, or influence um, the team a lot more. But how do you kind of get the best bang for your buck from from that kind of perspective or kind of get everyone to fight on all cylinders, so to speak, is uh, is a giant topic in itself and um, interesting. Well, to me, I feel that's kind of interesting. So to me, it almost sounds like you want to pip your teammates. Yeah, I mean, it's from from a leadership point of view, regardless of whether you're coaching like a little little boys, you know, team, softball team, or whether it's an online game or whether it's work, um, a key aspect of being a leader, um, I'm very careful when I say this, um, leader doesn't mean team leader, so to speak. Anyone in the team can be a leader. Um, but Absolutely. to try and, yeah, try and get the most out of your teammates or try to improve no matter what it is, whether it's a culture thing within the team, whether it's uh, organizational, operational aspect with processes or something like that, um, how do you, you know, how do you inspire your your friends, your colleagues, your your teammates, or your better half, or whatever it is to to try and do the best they can is is quite interesting. There's a lot of different kind of strategies around that and um, various things you can do. But uh, yeah, there's that's a giant topic in itself um, as well, obviously. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's something that I think more recently as well is, is becoming more and more um, relevant with uh, a lot of the way that gaming has moved towards, um, moved away from those conventional LAN party sorts of environments and moved off to putting people in their own bedrooms or wherever their PC is in their home. Um, you jump on a Discord call or... Um, you know, some form of group call and you coordinate together in, in some form of um, almost, not not anonymized, but like, you know, it removes a lot of face-to-face stuff. You, you're not directly engaging with people. You don't have to deal with a lot of typical fallout, for instance, although your actions do still have consequences, obviously. If, if you fuck up in a game of League, your teammates are probably going to start coming down on you at some point. Yeah, for sure. Have, have you kind of noticed the kind of similar um, 
I guess, analogy of if I, if I mention that, you know, there's two situations here and you'll kind of, hopefully I can explain this correctly with the analogy uh, with um, the analogy and how similar they are. Um, you'll, you'll kind of notice that if you're talking to clients over the phone or if you're in a kind of contact center environment at work, um, this is kind of level because they don't, I, for me, I feel like it's, um, they don't realize you're a human being on the other end. So there are some things that they may say to you or, or they may um, kind of feel or act where it's not, it's not them. So there's a lot of kind of negative, um, mm. you know, things that they can say. And that's kind of same as well in online gaming. As soon as you kind of break that barrier and that person realizes, oh, you're not just some anonymous at the end of, uh, uh, end of your computer, you're actually a real person sitting there. Um, you'll realize the attitude changes really quickly and you break that kind of, uh, break that facade, I guess. And you notice that quite a lot in contact centers as well when people are calling in and you have the uh, the so-called Karens out there in the contact center. As soon as you break that and they realize, oh, you're actually a real human being on the other end, they're much more receptive and um, that kind of sim- um, similarity with online gaming is, is um, definitely eye-opening as well when you're able to break that kind of barrier. Absolutely. Um, well, kind of on that subject, do, do you think that like a, a quick two minute rapport building session is just to knock down those barriers is kind of essential or like how, how do you think that works in terms of the the structure? Like how, how do you get someone to understand that you're human without breaking the, the contact center veneer? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it... Um... I guess different approaches can be made in kind of context into whether you're playing like an FPS game online and you have some 14-year-old at the end who's uh, screaming pr- profanities at you. Um, but I think they both kind of require you to, um, for the context center specifically, break out of that templated mold, that kind of mold yeah. where um, you you say or do things where um, everyone else is kind of doing it. And then just to be a little bit unique and add your kind of personal touch. And we've all, we've all been on, been on uh, kind of contacts into calls where you wait 60 minutes and then you, you know, the scripted, uh, hello, welcome to X. How can I help you today? Oh, that is, uh, that is not good to hear, sir. How can, uh, yes. how can I help you with that? Yeah. And that, that, that whole template just drives that idea that, you're not really human and you're talking to a contact center. Whereas if you break out of that mold and you start, uh, you know, especially for a lot of Kiwi owned or I guess locally owned things, you can kind of add your touch to, to show that you're actually a, you know, a local person. And um, there are some little cultural things you can add there um, where you can kind of break that facade and they go, oh, uh, wow, you're actually uh, not someone um, in a uh, contact center who's reading off a script, you're actually uh, just down the road from me in that, in that glass building. Um, and they'll, mm. they'll break that and um, be a lot more receptive, I guess. Yeah. That, that's a huge thing that we have um, because I, I don't know when, but originally when um, our sales guys were signing up customers, they pretty much just started with the direct local region. So a lot of customers that we talk to over the phone are pretty much within walking distance or very close to our office. Um, and because of that, they also kind of have this expectation that because you're so close that you can provide them like a, a better service or like a more convenient service or, you know, you can do things because your office is closer. 
you have extra options available, which isn't necessarily true, but like it, it kind of chips away at the veneer a little bit um, because they know, hey, your office is here. We've been in there before. You know, you're a Kiwi. You're not a robot, blah, blah, blah. Um, does help a little bit as well when the other areas of the business engage with those customers, you know, like if your account managers are, are communicating with them often enough and coming up to speed, going out for lunch with them, that kind of jazz, then it's it's a lot harder to, to yell and scream and think that a, a robot or, you know, not a person has to deal with your consequences sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, there's, there was kind of a funny example where I had where um, there's a key kind of electronics chain store um, that I may buy goods from sometimes. Uh, but I go there and the typical help stuff there, especially for kind of laptops, computers, or any kind of networking goods. Um, I I don't really enjoy talking too much to the salespeople um, at the store because I there is kind of this underlying feeling for me where I feel like they may not know the product as, as much and maybe it's a, it's an it's a problem mm-hmm. of mine. Maybe it's a expectation thing where I you know maybe I shouldn't expect them to to know to know everything, which is fine. Um, but then I had a friend who got a job there as a salesperson, and then I realized with my interactions with him. Um, it kind of broke that uh, that facade, and I started to realize how how wrong I was in in that kind of line of thinking, and looking at my friend, you know, to expect them to know everything about <laughs> uh, everything in the store. You know, it suddenly dawned on me that's that's wrong. You know, and they're, they're only human. There's only yeah. so much, and it, it uh, I guess it made me kind of be a lot more humble and um, just dial back and just respect. Um, respect a lot of areas, and but it took it took someone like uh, having a friend in there for me to break that kind of perception and not to go into the store and be like, I don't want to talk to you. Well, I don't say that out mm. loud, but you know, just thinking in the back of your mind, you're like, yes, 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 I, I know what a router <laughs> yeah. is. Yes, yes, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, um, do you know like what you're talking about? Like, can can you literally give me anyone else like? Please, for the love of God, I just need this done. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or like, you're trying to sell me here on a router. You're explaining to me how Wi-Fi works. But yes, I, I, that is that is my job that I do eight to five, Monday to Friday. <laughs> yes, I do have a little bit of knowledge on the subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a newfound respect and a lot of different perspectives. I think, yeah, general in life, it's about kind of trying to understand all these perspectives and trying to manage expectations as well and realizing that everyone's different and everyone comes from a different background and you can't expect everyone to be the same as you. That's, that's a wrong approach for sure. That leads you into very difficult situations if you continue with that approach. Kind of on the note of uh, electronic chain stores, um, I went with my flatmate to pick something up from a store yesterday um and it was fine the there was a bit of a a wait to to buy the item but that's all right but it um, oh what did you pick up a uh well my flatmate bought a macbook air as it was on sale oh wow um and it's odd because it looks identical to the macbook pro that i bought probably coming on two years now (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's it's interesting how they delineate their um, products um, by making them look virtually identical in every way, shape, and form. Um, it it looked identical. Like I'm pretty sure the only difference was probably weight. Um, even the the size and shape looked identical. So I I don't know what the difference is between the two. Um, but yeah, after that, um, came back home again, blah, blah, blah. And this morning, um, it kind of reminded me about, uh, this, this ongoing thing, um, with this particular store where basically I returned an item ages ago now, um, and still haven't had a refund for it. Um, so I sent an email this morning, um, and I, I don't know if if I'm the asshole or not, because I was asking them if there was a contact I could use to celebrate our one-year anniversary since I'd originally logged the job. Oh, um, no. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's a dick thing to do, but yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. Um, but it, it's just a case of every time that I hit them up, it gains a little bit of traction and then falls off the radar again. And it's only like a $90 item, but I'd returned it because it wasn't working. And the dude said when I was there that he'd refund it and that I'd see the money in a couple of days. So, yeah, um, I didn't get anything from him, though, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. But, hey, here we are, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not about it's not about the money at times. It's about it's about the principle, right? Um, it's about you know, the friends that's... we made along the way, Will. <laughs> yes, it's not the journey or the destination, is it? <laughs> oh, like I, I would just be happy if someone was like, "Hey, man, like we we don't believe you, but here's your ninety bucks." Like, ideally, or like a some way that they could find out if I actually return the damn thing, like. I imagine they're not just going to pick it up and throw it in a bin, right? They're going to, because it's faulty, they would have to return it to their vendor or whatever. Mm. So that they would have their own record of doing that, surely. Yeah. On on the flip side, I guess I can compare it to a really, really good, positive customer experience that I had. And um, it was so good that I'll even mention the brand um, specifically. Um, so there's um, a coffee machine. Um, the Nespresso. Ah, oh, is it the Nespresso one? Um, I should be careful and double check. <laughs> yeah, you um, accidentally <laughs> praised the wrong brand. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there's a there's a coffee machine that um, that I've bought, and it's one of those capsule ones. And yeah. I had a really good experience where I my one that I had for about a year and a half. Um, it it broke. It wouldn't. It, you know, the water wouldn't come out, and um, you know, I did try and take it apart and try to work to see if there's any kind of clogs. But eventually, I, I kind of boiled it down to it looked like kind of an electronic error, something, uh, yeah, issue where um, it got a bit too in-depth. And, you know, if it wasn't as simple as turning it off and on or trying to unclog something physically, then, you know, ah, screw it. It only cost me like $100. I already spent about four hours. I think I should just go through the, uh, the RMA process for the stamp thing. Yep. Um, so I bought something new. That's fine. Um, paid out of pocket. Um, it wasn't too expensive, like 80 bucks or something. 
And I got it. And then what really irked me was I was checking their website and I was trying to get a like-for-like replacement for a, um, my old one was basically end of life. They don't sell it anymore. So I was trying to get a replacement. Um, this one was not... Uh, so for the coffee machines, um, you can set the level sometimes. So there's an optimal kind of level. There's like 10 type of bars, like less water, more water. But you can kind of set it um, based on these bar levels and it automatically... Uh, pours the water out but for this yeah. replacement it it didn't have those lines um it looked like it did on the pictures on the website except those lines were there but you can't uh, program those notches so you have to sit there with a timer to try and uh, check and they even on the website um if you there's some third-party apps where you can kind of convert the eight bar level to it'll say 16 <laughs> seconds it's it's crazy and i don't want to do that so i was a little bit annoyed so i emailed their support and i said no, I'm really sorry. Um, is there any way that I can kind of replace this thing? I haven't actually used it. Um, I tried to, and I realized this uh, this problem. And what was really amazing was at that moment, um, the uh, service, the service center, or the customer service rep there, um, asked me if I could uh, just be on hold for about 10, 15 minutes. They talked to their manager. They put me on hold, and this is where everything kind of starts. They came back two minutes later and they said they'd like a little bit more time. So if it's all right, um, instead of keeping me on hold for half an hour, if they can grab my details and call me back. Mm. So that was actually really good. You know, that's really good service there um, in understanding that your customers don't want to be on hold for half an hour. Um, and yeah, eventually I'd get a call an hour back. They spoke to their manager and they said um, by next week, they'll update the website just to make it pretty clear on that distinction with that product and then they even offered me an alternative and even better than that they gave me a free post address to return this um, item um, free of charge and that's send off the new one and just uh, comp the difference basically they wouldn't expect me to pay forty dollars extra for the for the difference in the new product and they just send that off because they felt that um, they had misled me even though i didn't say anything like that mm. um, they said uh, yeah, it, it seems like uh, when, when the manager viewed on the website, they could clearly understand why I uh, may have been confused or it wasn't really clear. Um, and I could understand, they could understand why I may have been misled. So they'll fix that. They'll send me uh, a, a better product and comp the difference. And um, surely enough, uh, before I even return the device on uh, using the new, new NZ, uh, the free post, um, I got the new device. So Damn. it looks like... Yeah, that was top-notch customer service there, and I was just gobsmacked at that whole process and them being able to really kind of uh, understand the customer side of things and provide truly end-to-end a great customer experience. Yeah, man, that's cool. I I think that's the difference between empowering your staff, especially in the front line, um, and not giving them the options or not giving them the ability to uh, deliver appropriate outcomes that match the the ideology, right? Yeah, um, and I don't feel like this is a this is a process thing. Um, in a lot of kind of situations, there I, I kind of felt that uh, maybe they did have a back end process for this type of uh, odd. Uh, request maybe they did but maybe they didn't regardless like you said they empowered the staff to kind of highlight these issues and and to really deliver outcomes that match customers or exceed in this case customer expectations yeah which was mind-boggling yeah it, it sounds like the well 
if it went to the manager, then yeah, maybe he was able to pull some strings or something. Like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But the ultimate thing is, how do we get uh, how do we get that customer experience boiled into the areas that we work in, or how do we use that uh, that knowledge to improve our our day to day and oh, our oh games? Boy. Or... Oh boy! <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I wouldn't even have a clue of how to start putting that into a game, bro. Like, um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know those concepts can apply um, if you kind of treat if it's a team game or even yourself. Really, I think it's about managing expectations at the end of it, right? And then if you kind of understand the expectations, then. If you are able to fulfill those expectations, how do you go a bit above and beyond, so to speak? And how do you smash them? But the key is, how do you understand the uh, expectations, first of all? Um, I'm not really sure what you mean by that in a, in a game sense. Do you mean among teammates, or do you mean addressing the win conditions so that you can win the game, or do you mean... I guess it can work on both, right? I kind of, I was kind of um, meaning your teammates if it's a team game, but I can yeah. kind of see how you can you can make that argument of um, how do you boil that down into a win condition um, if it's a solo, and then try and work from there. But uh, I guess that's a really not not that correlated um, topic, but an interesting one <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I've kind of explored that kind of stuff in um, some of the main, uh, I can't remember which episode it was, in the main podcast. I think Layer 8 Protocols touched on that kind of thing, I think, um, where basically you're building up this this hierarchy of understandings and only, well, not only, but to in order to truly like blitz the shit out of the game and be like a true super high performer um you need to basically have all these underlying skills that build on top of each other to to flesh out the whole thing so once you're at the top of the pyramid you've mastered all these skills then you're able to basically win more basically yeah yeah for sure um i i guess the uh, kind of points that you wanted to raise uh, sometime in this podcast was specifically kind of poker or League of Legends or, or Team Fight Tactics or something that I could kind of um, share my experiences on with, right? Well, just um, basically what I do is I apply, well, examine a video game or concept or something like that, whatever shit I wrote down in my notes, um, and break it down to looking at how things apply across that video game, how they apply in a concept in psychology and how they apply in like a work life or corporate lifestyle. Um, hmm. So yeah, most of them uh, that I've actually given thought to have kind of come out semi-coherent. Um, for this particular episode of bringing you on, um, I wasn't aiming to plan out too much. Um, and just wanted to see where it kind of went, so I don't really have anything to throw at you, but yeah, if you want or have any gaming experience that you want to, to chip into or lean on, then absolutely go hard. Cool, yeah. Um, so I guess one of those topics you, you mentioned there, um, for me, kind of, if I were to 
formulate a strategy and how I can beat um, the game or I guess really use 100% of my potential in a game or try to, um, specifically talking about poker, um, League of Legends, or I should say poker and TFT, um, Teamfight Tactics. Yeah. Um, kind of the strategy that I kind of take initially, um, which probably um, shares some, some of the things that you talked in um, the kind of Layer 8 um, podcast would be, um, first things first is the underlying um, the underlying core for me, or the most important thing, is defining what success looks like um, in that game, or defining what the win condition is, um, or kind of really picturing in your mind uh, what the end goal is. What are you trying to accomplish, first of all, without really setting your destination up, without having a clear picture of your destination? Um, you can't really formulate a strategy, or you can't um, start a very... Uh, very rock solid strategy so kind of in poker um the end goal is ultimately to make the most money um regardless of what kind of game format you're playing um that's always the case so if you kind of set that up in your mind as you have a realistic target of of money um kind of averaged over thousands if not ten thousands of hours what does that look like and then you start working backwards on how do you how do you achieve that what are some what are some very very basic true-false statements that you would need to kind of mm-hmm. make um, in order to achieve that. And same for teamfight tactics as well. The end goal is to climb up in rank um, by whatever strategy you, you employ. So you kind of make it really clear that that is the end goal. Um, no matter what it takes, the, the actual result should be you coming first or you being top four out of eight people um, the most often. And once you kind of define that, then you try and start working backwards for me um, at a very high level to create um, strategies around that. But or like I said, some um, understanding some true-false statements that need to occur, some things to be true, make sure that you abide by them so that you can kind of start making baby steps towards towards that journey. And eventually you'll, you'll need to adapt um, as you kind of shape this. This will be a version uh, 0.1 draft, and then you'll have different iterations where um, you kind of maintain your goal, but kind of change out your strategy. Um, and, you know, from that experience, you'll, you'll ultimately start working towards being the most successful you can in that particular particular game. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of these sorts of games, so there's a reason why um, both you and I, I guess, have chosen... Um, poker and TFT as examples, right? Because those are games that you've not just played kind of really casually, but taking it a little bit more seriously and tried to get a certain objective out of playing them, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, there is a there is a, a difference between the approach you take, um, I guess it's that expectation thing, right? You can play poker or teamfight tactics for fun, for recreation, or um, you can really try and aim for the best or the top in the world or the best that you can be, really. Um, and your strategies will differ there. But I think um, those two kind of games were brought to light because for me personally, um, they're two games where I've really tried um, with the objective of being really competitive and try to be the best that I can be in that. In that. I did not take a kind of recreational approach to, to either of those games. 
just quickly, do you want to explain what TFT is as a game? Oh, yeah. Um, damn. Tough one. So Teamfighter Tactics is um, a game variant off um, the really successful... Uh, would it be a MOBA? Um, multi-online... I don't even know yeah. what MOBA stands for, but yeah, so MOBA, um, so League of Legends. Multiplayer MOBA. Online Battle Arena, I think, is what it stands for. Ah, right, yeah. So it uses the same champions as uh, the famous kind of League of Legends based off of um, Riot Games. Um, it wasn't the first, so it is a uh, auto-chess game. Um, it's not the first uh, variant of auto-chess. However, it, uh, it utilizes the same kind of champion pools or... Um, the champions that League of Legends has built on over the years um, to be used in an auto chess genre. Um, if I kind of quickly sum up what an auto chess genre is, it's yep. generally a turn-based kind of game where um, you're trying to create the the best um, best board for yourself in terms of um, champions. And there's no real aspects of kind of battling. Um, there's various things such as uh, kind of placement. Um, e- economy management and a level of um, understanding kind of probability as well um, it's more akin to I guess you can use it as a uh, kind of card type turn-based game um, there's a lot of similarities between that and a card based uh, turn turn-based card game with a shared kind of card pool um, however there is a kind of AI driven battle mechanic where you you face off um, in a free-for-all um, out of eight people, um, where you take turns battling your opponents and you have a set amount of life, and when your life goes to zero, you're out. So you're trying to be um, the best out of the eight and try to create the strongest board or the strongest kind of team you can, um, relying on a various various different elements of variance that comes with a kind of shared board um, or shared deck, I should say. Um, it's really tough to sum up teamfight tactics or auto genre. Um, I guess it would be much easier if I... <laughs> if I read off a paragraph on Wikipedia or something. <laughs> um, yeah, TLDR, you have a deck of, a shared deck, um, you have an econ system where you gain gold based on performance, So if and you have streaks, so you win more, you gain more, you lose more, you gain more as well. Um, and then if you fluctuate between winning and losing, your streaks get nullified, so you get less economy. Um and yeah, basically it's a, a balancing act of board state, um, economy growth, because you get interest based on economy that you have, um, and ability to, to win or lose and maintain those streaks. So there's a, a lot of stuff to pay attention to that isn't necessarily battling in real time. Um, and you have a certain number of, or a certain time frame between turns and the whole game is automated essentially outside of you making those economy-based decisions. Yeah, uh, but ultimately the end goal is to be the last survivor with uh, greater yeah. than zero health at the end of the game out of eight people. Absolutely, yeah. The actual win condition does tend to be a little bit important. But yeah, there's a lot of similarities to that um, with, with poker as well. I mean, the end goal of poker is to have uh, more gold or more money or more chips <laughs> than your opponent. <laughs> which is still the same as Team Fight Tactics as a win condition, I guess. Cool. Um, yeah, I think it's a good time to wrap this up. Um, and yeah, uh, next time I'll have a bit more preparation and I'll have a bit more structure and we'll have two, three, four issues or 
questions or topics or whatever to talk about. Um, so yeah, um, thank you very much for your time. Cool. Thanks for having me. Cool. Take it easy. All right. Peace out.